0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, April 30th, 2017. The share IDs for Friday, April 28th are 7 a.m. Eastern meeting, 9887, 9887, and the 10 a.m. Eastern meeting, 9888, 9888. This morning, a vision for you presents the truth will set you free. The big book says that step three has no permanent effect unless we follow it at once by removing the things that block us from our higher power. We realize that self-will has been blocking us from God's will. Step four is simply looking at those manifestations of self-will and identifying them. The inventory is a beautiful and efficient process of finding the truth. We are searching for the truth because the degree of truth in our lives determines the quality of our lives. The inventory enables us to begin to know and understand ourselves, those manifestations of self-will, so that in Step 5 we can admit them to another person and to God to learn more about them. This inventory process is a tool to enable us to see the truth, and the truth will set us free. Joining us this morning is Phil D., a Recovered Compulsive Overeater from New York. Phil is dedicated to our 12-step way of life and to carrying this message of recovery, and it's with great that I welcome Phil to the line this morning. Good morning, Phil. Star one to unmute.
1: Yes, I just unmuted. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, very well. Thank you.
1: Okay. And how long am I speaking for?
0: You got 45 minutes to one hour, Phil.
1: Well, then let me rock that. Let me, I'll put my timer on and let's do this. All right, here we go. Hello, everybody. My name is Phil. I'm a compulsive overeater from New York City. My home group is, uh, there is a, Uh, a solution meeting, and that's Fridays at 6 p.m. on uh, the Church of St. Mary the Virgin in New York City. If you're ever around, you guys can come visit. Uh, Also, we have a website where we post up our speakers. Um, That's www.oabigbooknyc.org. And also, I'm proud to say that I'm involved with uh, some visionaries as part of a live OA Vision for You meeting at Tuesdays at 7 p.m., and that's at Our Savior's Atonement Church at 178 Bennett Avenue in Manhattan, so if you, if you guys are from Manhattan and you want to come, or even in the environs around, do come in because we have all these vision for you people, all of them visionaries coming in and representing, and, and we read through the big book and we, we go through it little by little and, and get what, what, what's going on. Um, let's see. I'll uh, just explain a little. I came to the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous on November 1st, 2008. Um, let's see, with the grace of God, I got abstinent July 1st, 2009. Of course, there's a lot of room in the in the span it's between that and that because um, I just couldn't get honest with myself. And that's one of the important things of today's uh, uh, talk here. It's, a, it's the truth to will set you free. And uh, one of the things that I've been thinking of, I've been going through the steps again and again so far. I feel like uh, my fifth going through the steps. And I feel that every time I do it, I get a little bit, clearer a little bit more in depth and just just a little bit more a closer relationship to my higher power that's what i've been noticing and doing this and and uh when leah gave me the opportunity to talk about that this is what i really wanted to talk about because to share what i've been going through and just letting you know that if anybody within the sound of my voice doesn't think that they can get it if they feel that they're completely incapable of telling the truth um you know no, uh, I, 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 I say to thee uh, no, because I believe that if I can do it, and I was a hot mess when I came in, um, completely incapable of telling the truth. And, um, you know, and it started from childhood. A lot of it was always based on self-centered fear, um, fear that other people didn't like me, a lot of people pleasing, things like that, um, fear of I'm not going to get what I want, fear that the things that I have are going to be taken away you know, I was uh, brought up in the Bronx. Um, I'm half Puerto Rican and half Haitian. And of course, I I didn't feel black enough for the black kids. I didn't feel Spanish enough for the Spanish kids. And I felt like, you know, this world wasn't for me. You know, I I got bullied at school. I got molested as a child. All these different things led to me thinking that the world outside doesn't work for me. And of course, um, I found my solace in food and lots of even in the, in the beginning times, I, I found that, you know, I would just kind of shut myself in my room in a combination of comic books, music, and television, and food, and isolate myself completely because I did not want to be a part of anybody's outside agenda. I just wanted to be able to self-medicate myself in, in a way that I could coast through life and be like, this is going to be me. This is me for the rest of my life, and I felt like I feel comfortable here by myself with my records and with my, my, my music and television and food. And um, it was just not the way. I mean, I didn't realize it wasn't the way. You know what they always say? It works until it doesn't work anymore. And that's what I felt. It wasn't, you know, later on in life, I started seeing the repercussions of this. But back then in the days, it really worked for me. It was, it, it was keeping me away from other people. I didn't want to be part of their thing. And, you know, and it was working. It was working. For a while there. And in fact, to a point that my mother used to force me out of the house to go play with other kids, and I would just stay right outside the door. They had to, like, literally push me away to, 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 to get away from the, the apartment so that I could go play with others. And of course, I, I didn't want to do it, I didn't want any part of it. Um, but let's uh, go through, you know, some of the, the action over here. And uh, one of the things I want to say about truth is. I wanted to uh pick some a little couple of pages here that made me think about the the honesty of that what I was going through. Um let's see. Here. Let's stop. I'm opening up my big book over here. And I have one of those big uh the big ones for the for, for not not so good vision, so it's gigantic. So if people say that it might be a big book stumper, it's just this biggest this book it's just so large. All right. So here it is. Um, so I'm starting out on this personal journey. Now, so far I've been in, in, in this situation where I knew I was a hot mess. I was completely, you know, eating out of control all my life, you know, pushing people away. Uh, I married somebody that could eat like me and party like me. And, uh, you know, I pushed her away, divorcing her and thinking now I could eat the way I wanted to eat. Um, you know, doing bad at my job, doing bad at my apartment. I was knee deep in garbage, all these things going on. And, um, I couldn't have it within myself. You know, I, I remember going to school. I had holes in my sneakers, no socks, sweatpants with holes between the legs because my legs would chase together. And unshowered wearing, um, like three XL, um, what those kind of shirts called the Hawaiian shirts, because that's all I could wear. And, um, and it smells horrible because taking a shower was just not coming together for me because I had anxieties about that. I remember looking at my shower and going, all right, I should really take a shower. People are making fun of me. I could hear they making fun of me. And I just couldn't get it together. I couldn't make it happen for myself. And what I didn't know is that I needed a power greater in myself to help me along in this. Now, I'd been raised Catholic, so, you know, I would think, yeah, uh, I do believe in sort of uh, a God sort of situation, a God that would strike me down dead if I did bad things or thought bad thoughts. I mean, and that's just my interpretation. Of course, you know, I found out later on in life going through the stuff over and over again, that, you know, that was my interpretation. That is not the religion's interpretation of this thing. You know, I was uh, kind of projecting what I believed it to be. And that's what I noticed. I noticed that I have this disease of kind of uh, like perception where the things I would believe a lot of times and, and, and part of my team of people uh, with sponsor, sponsees, closed-mouth friends, nutritionists, and for me, a therapist, um, my therapist is always quick to point out whenever I have these, these you know, misconceptions, my therapist would always say, who told you that? Who told you that? And I would be like, um, and I would realize that it's only my brain telling me that. It's the disease of, you know, The reason that um, I'm going to just call it alcoholism here, and I'm talking about food, I'm talking about money, I'm talking about sex, I'm talking about all these different things that all falls under the umbrella of alcoholism, which is one of the things that is just perfect with um, the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. You could place it to any of these things because it's going to help you with all of your problems, all of your problems, if you just be rigorous and honest enough to do the work. And that was one of the important things about this. I I learned that I had to get honest with that. Um, And in order to get honest with everybody else, uh, I had to get honest with myself. And well, first, before that all I mean, when I first came into the rooms, I had to get honest with my agenda. um, I came into Rooms of Overeaters Anonymous and I saw people saying, you know, oh yeah, I'm coming in here so I could get sane and I could do these things. I mean, I came in because, I wanted to lose weight so I could get a girlfriend. That was my plan. That was my plot. And, you know, and that was my agenda. And I would hide that agenda at all times because I didn't want anybody thinking that I was so shallow. But at that moment in time, that is all that I could, you know, that is the best that I can do at that point. And that is one of the important things about, uh, you know, becoming honest with oneself. Because in retrospect, now I could look back and see this is what I was really thinking and be honest with that, and own that. You know, I was, I was scared and insecure and always pushing people away my whole life. All I wanted was truly just to be loved. And it's that love, that desperate want of love, um, was one of the things that, that, that drove me because I feel like I wasn't going to get those things. I felt like I didn't deserve those things, and that would cause me to eat, to push people away, and put myself in a position where I got up to 313 pounds because I felt I didn't deserve to be loved and I was going to put a barrier in between me and everybody else. So one of the the things that I started, you know, getting myself out there to go to meetings and uh, do that, I didn't want to get a sponsor, but, but I knew in order to get my agenda I had to, to get one. So I got a sponsor, and, of course, I picked a sponsor. And my sponsor, I, I picked him, be, to be honest, I picked him because he was thin. He was um he, he was anorexic. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I just thought, hey, this guy, he, he has what I want. He's thin, so I'm going to pick him. And uh, luckily for me, um, of the disease of compulsive overeating, whichever direction you go, anorexic bulimic, uh, exercise bulimic, um, you know, compulsive overeater, whatever your situation is, we have, you know, it is literally a common problem. We all mess with our food. And luckily, we have a common solution. And that sponsor, luckily, he had that common solution. And he told me, great, we're going to go through the steps. And of course, I didn't want to do that. It was completely against my agenda. But sure, shoot, and we started We started going through the work. Um, in going through it, I was able to Talk about the disease, and, and you know, I had resentment. I was talking about like, oh, what this thing took from me, what this disease took from me, and yeah, I was all about that. But then I had to come to a conclusion of a a, a concept of a, a power greater than myself, and to be honest with that, that that was hard because I had those preconceived notions of what it was, what what it was. This 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 God that is going to kill me. He doesn't like me. He you know, you know. And, and then I had to come to my own conclusion to be able to come, you know, come to a God of my own understanding. And what do you want your higher power to be? And to be able to go through that and think about that, what do, what do I want my higher power to be? Personally, I like the concept of a God of love, a God who thinks I'm a good idea, a God that wants my best interests in there. And even if I feel like, oh, God's not going to do this for me, I had to, you know, to quash those thoughts and, and go with the other idea, that there are other people out there as sponsors, close my friends, good people out there, and they all want the best for me. The only person that doesn't seem to want the best for me is me because I keep picking the food every time. I want the short-term gains, and I'm not willing to do the work to get happy. I mean, when I say to get happy is – To get healthy, to get healthy in my thinking, to get sane in my food practices, to get serenity of of life, to be able to be, you know, happy and satisfied with my life instead of chasing these agendas of I want, I want, I want, maybe going through the work and beginning to see what I can bring, what can I do, how can I help, and in that, in that service, I could be able to to get that serenity, that the calmness of mind that I saw my sponsor doing. So, going through that, that work the first time around, I was very mocus. My mind was out of focus, and um, you know, and I had a lot of resentment. So, when we started getting into that part, oh, I was loving it because, well, let's let, let us not gloss over this since we since we do have the time to talk about this. Um, I would like to talk about. Uh, my concept of a, a a higher power, and of course it's it's constantly changing, constantly evolving, and everybody has their own thing. Um I've worked with many people, I've worked with uh, rabbinical students and they had a totally different religion than me. I've worked with people that are complete atheists and they didn't believe in anything. they even said, you know, maybe this is. Adam's just whirling around and you know maybe that's the, the thing, but you know what? If you have a conclusion, if you could believe, going on. I I remember finding one of my old diaries where I believed, I believed it, I believed I was God. I said, yes, I am God. I'm the only person that could see out of my own eyes or go, I am God. But then if only I could find a way to stop compulsively eating. (laughs) I really literally wrote that down. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't even know about Overeaters Anonymous. I just said, if only I could stop like acting out in these bad ways and doing these things that are detrimental to my life you know then i'd have it together doesn't sound like doesn't sound like a very powerful god here you know being my own god was a bad job so within that being able to to talk to my sponsor about it and really being able to hash these things out and to think about these things you know i had like so many different addictions within within those things or even just in the food realm i think about it now you know Addicted to, to sugars, addicted to the, uh, fats, you know, meat, things like that. I mean, those are the things that I couldn't stop eating. You know, I would gorge myself on these things. And just to have an addiction out of those things, you know, they would, uh, my mom would be like, oh, like, you know, where, where they would have, uh, like, sort of a meat item. And I would be, the cutting off the fat and eating the fat first because I dug it. And just to be able to be like, not do that anymore you know that's when i started getting some miracles going on there but that had to come with a calmness of mind once i started building the parameters of a higher power you know thinking like and, and and it's ridiculous to even build parameters around a higher power you know because for me um i think of this kind of this quantum powered uh concept of a deity way bigger than any universe. And the universe is pretty big. And to think of it moving across all these different dimensions, you know, simultaneously creating all these different, you know, different effects of all these different alternate timelines of universe, ones where I didn't get recovery or the ones where my mother who died at 50 of this disease survived and was able to get, you know, there's all these different realities that in my brain would have existed. I mean, I also had fantasy is a big part of my my reality here too but in order to, to think I had to be satisfied with the reality that I am in and how could I make this the best reality and the best reality the best way to, be, to do it is to be honest with myself be honest with what am I dealing with here and also to have people that will also talk to me about the truth talk to me I mean, my sponsor would call me on my stuff at all times the rationalizations that I would hand him oh, I ate this pie. It had fruit in it, right? And he would be like, no, that is not that is not abstinent eating, you know? And and and, and I was insulted. I was like, come on, it had fruit. And it's just like ridiculous. I, I look back on these things now. Well, I look back on these things now because sometimes I talk to sponsors that tell told me the exact same thing. And luckily for me, my experience, I could be nice to them and say, "Listen, I went through the same thing when I was you. And I would think these things. So don't, you know, don't get upset, but, you know, I don't think that's the best thing for you, but I'll tell you one thing, you know, if you got a, a resentment about it, you might want to write it out. And it, it, it came down to that, you know, you, you know what they say, if, you're, if your sponsor doesn't make your, your fourth step list, then uh, they're not doing a very good job because, you know, they're the person that's going to be able to, to draw that line in the sand for you because for me personally, I couldn't do it because I couldn't see, literally, you could not see the forest for the trees in there. You know, I just thought, you know, if I just didn't eat whatever bad food is, everything was good. But there was more that, there's more work that had to be done in the equivalent of, of AA. Once you put the drink down, then the real work begins. You know, once I had a concept of a power greater than myself, which was this kind of quantum God, which is, it evolved into involves um, this power greater than myself that thought I was a good idea and wanted my best interests in mind. And once I had that kind of going on there, I have to turn my will over to that. That means I'm turning my will and my life over to it and being able to be like, you take this off my hands because I can't do it. I can't. Um, Every time I try to do it, it turns out bad. So I'm just going to let God do the God stuff and me, I'll do the, the, you know, those behaviors that that I used to do. I'm going to turn away from those things and do my best to keep my, uh, keep myself on the right path here with, of course, doing the step work, whatever the recommendations of of my sponsor, going to meetings, doing service. I mean, all these great tools that we have here. Um, You know, doing all that we have. There's so much to be done. There's so much work that needs to be done. You know, there are so many people that we see falling into the abyss every day, not to sit there and take other people's inventories. I can only really work with myself. But the main point is that, you know, game recognizes game. That means that if you – have you ever been in a situation where you recognize that someone else is a compulsive overeater just like you? That person at a party who's always like, here, have some of this. Have some of this. No, thank you. Why don't you want some of this? Come on, it's here. I bought it just for you. Why don't you have some of this? Just a little bit. You can have a little bit. Game recognizes game. You think that person might have something going on with them? Yeah, I think so. So, you know, I've got to pray for those people and then – all the other people that – see that you've done the work, and uh, see that you're getting that result and come up to you and say, hey, you know, you're getting these results. How are you doing that? I'm eating right and doing exercise. No, no, no. Tell me the truth. What are you really doing? Well, I'm in a 12-step program that, uh, you know, I do these things, and, and, you know, I don't know. I don't want to do that. That's too much for me. All right, then. You know, you do what you're going to do, and you're going to get what you're going to get. The main point is I have found that since this is a 12-step program, I always say 12-step program, you know, you might want to do the 12 steps. It works. At least it has worked in my case. <sighs> Getting honest with myself, doing the work, you know, taking the, doing that fact-finding and fact-facing process So the fact-finding, ransacking my memory, looking through the things, looking through all the things I've done in my life so far. Um Going back in history, you know, things that I'm angry at, you know, things that I'm scared of, sex inventory, all these different things, looking at them honestly, and then also seeing where my place is in it, seeing how I got the ball rolling, seeing what did I do, you know, that that was the part that I didn't want. I liked the writing out, like, you know, what I'm angry at. That was great. I was able to write out a lot of stuff that I was mad at. And then I go through the next column, and, and eventually you see that you have to see where your place is in it. A lot of those times, I was like, nah, I don't see how I, I don't see how I harmed that person. I don't see how I did this thing. And my sponsor was quick to say, you might want to pray about that. Why don't you pray for the honesty? Why don't you pray for the willingness to to, to, to look at yourself clearly and honestly? God show me the truth about myself. That was a big prayer able to do that over and over again eventually down the road guess what the truth hit me i started realizing oh i did this thing i completely forgot completely kept on overlooking this stuff and a lot of these things i didn't catch the first time around not at all i you know some of these things i i remembered the second time around or some of these things i was trying to hold back and i didn't want to talk about certain incidents because i thought that you know I would talk about these things, but I'm not going to talk about that thing. It's all about trust. It's all about trusting your higher power. It's all about trusting your sponsor. And eventually trying to trust yourself, trying to trust that you will be okay. Trying to, you know, do these things. Like I said before, like earlier that I got molested. I didn't want to talk about that thing. You know, I felt insecurities about this or that. I didn't want to talk about these things. But now And able to talk over those things with my sponsor, talk about those fears, talk about these things. I'm able to share these things with you. I'm able to share these things with with my therapist. And that's awesome because somewhere, someplace, somewhere along people listening on the phone right now or somebody or listening on a recording is going to say, hey, that happened to me too. And I felt like I couldn't get over this or I felt like, you know, I couldn't get through this. And you know, just know that you can. You could have the strength to, to get through this too, but you can't do it alone. This is a we program, and we can get together and we can get through this. You know, you could do this work. You can. All the people that are sitting there on their fourth step and holding on to it and sitting on it and getting sicker and sicker and sicker, I understand that. I've been there. I've done that. And from doing that, it, it just... It rots away your soul. A lot of it is like I went through the first half and I saw how bad I am. I'm bad,
2: I'm bad, I'm bad.
1: I'm not bad. I learned I'm sick. I'm sick. I have this this threefold disease, body, mind, and spirit. And the only way to correct this thing is with, with this spiritual awakening, which I can get with, you know, getting a relationship with a power greater than myself. And luckily I have a sponsor. A sponsor that is going to put my hand in that higher power's hand. And then put me in a position that I get that sufficiency, um, that, that trust with a higher power so that eventually down the road that it's just me and my higher power. Of course, my sponsor is still going to be in the picture, but by then I'll have other sponsors that I'm taking through the work because we don't do this alone. We don't do this to a point. We're not doing this so we can get better and get back off and keep it moving. That's not how this works what it works is that we help another sick and suffering individual that's also going through. We can't keep it unless we give it away. And that's one of the most important things that I'm definitely going to impart to you because I am learning from going through that stuff and getting honest with my sponsor and sitting there and talking about these things. These things that I was afraid that I would get shunned or I would get, you know, feeling this guilt, feeling, you know, fear all these different things. I found that that I'm only human. I'm a worker among workers. I'm a person among my family, my peers, my friends. And they're not going to hate me for these things. Or at least, if anything, I just keep it between me and my sponsor and God. Speaker
0: is muffled. Can't hear.
1: Okay, thank you so much. Is that a little better? Okay. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Now, I'm talking about uh, talking to my sponsor and, and telling the truth. Because even in situations, I would be um, doing things and, and, and sometimes I would lie. I mean, because I was lying because I was scared. And I was worrying about what my sponsor thought of me. And then one of the things I learned is you can only save, you know, you could save your face or your butt. You can't save them both. So in order to do that, in order to save my butt, I had to do the good thing and just be honest. And it takes a lot of humility to do that because you know to be able to to stand and and face the situation and face the music for for lying and then and then to do it honestly immediately, not not eventually down the word You I, I learned to do it immediately, but sometimes I would do it and I, w- I would tell a lie and it would go a day and I would just call my sponsor, and I would be almost breaking down, and I'd be like, I lied to you, and he was just like, yeah, I know, (laughs) because he did the same thing to his sponsor, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel, and that's one of the best things, you know, all the stuff that, from going through the work, and, and looking through my character defects, and seeing all the things that I do over and over again, because I'm a person, people say I have a little, a little obsessiveness about things, I mean, You know, yeah, about food and stuff like that. But in in all my affairs, I have, you know, obsess over things. I obsess over patterns and stuff like that. I'm always looking for patterns and things. And to be able to look at my character defects and find all the different patterns of things that happen over and over and over again. And to be honest about it, to not live in denial that I have these things and to ask my higher power to please, please remove these things from me. Please. And then, you know, do your best to turn away from those behaviors because it's easy to say, you know, all right, God, please remove this defective character and then jump back into the bad thing. You know, I don't want to do that anymore. I find that I I like feeling good. I mean, my whole life I used to like feeling bad about myself because it, it gave me a chance to, like, you know, be, just stay there in self-pity and be like, oh, no, likes me, you know. And I was doing that for the longest time. I remember walking down the street as a little kid, and I remember uh, a girl with her friend saying, "Hey, boy, my friend likes you." And I would be like, I'd look over there, and he says, "Look at him!" Ew! And that would hurt me. It would cut me to the bone, and and I I, I just I felt bad about myself. But and, and and it would be that that resentment over and over again, growing, you know, exponentially this self-hate that I was going through. But going through the step work, I started like feeling better about myself, that my higher power thinks good of me. My sponsor thinks good of me. These people want the best for me. Maybe I could want the best for me too. Maybe I can do this. I want this. And I don't want the short security of the food anymore. And I tell you, trying to break... Free from the addiction of the food is hard too because some of the foods that I was into very addictive You know, I don't have to name them because you know them a lot of the stuff that I find that I'm just eating them anyway not because I even want to eat it anymore I'm sitting there crying eating these things because I don't want them to go to waste I don't even want to eat them I can't put them away for later because I, I don't have a stopper I don't and I had to be honest about those things so one of the best things I ever learned was not to pick up the first one it's a difficult thing. It's one of the hardest things of all in in the world of all the addictions, you know if it was alcohol, if it was drugs, you know people could see how those things hurt people. It's easy to see how those things hurt people, but you know how how with food it's so widely accepted, you know people are into that. And and it's everywhere. So how can I not have this? How can I not want this? So, you know, I had to get honest with myself. I had to to learn about these things. Because in doing these things, you know, I I love that the big book is always saying that, you know, by doing this stuff, you have swallowed and digested big chunks of truth about yourself. That's the only thing I didn't want to eat. I wanted to eat everything but the truth. You know how they always say, you can't handle the truth. Yeah, I can't handle the truth. And, you know, I had to be rigorously honest. And, and you know what? Sometimes it comes in time. Like I said, I had to do the steps over and over again. Because each time I got a little bit more clearer on it. Each time I learned a little bit more. And that was, you know, that was the best. You know, because... I'm tired of hurting myself. I didn't want to hurt myself anymore. <sighs> Gotta give a chance for my higher power to get in there, because in in doing these things, the stuff that 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 I've been able to do, I've been able to speak to so many people. I've been able to do big book studies with people and 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 reach all these different people and get involved with all these different people's lives. These are miracles that I'm getting from this program and it's so funny because this is not what I intended this is not what I wanted but you know God doesn't give you what you want God gives you what you need but you know sometimes one needs a swift kick in the pants. sometimes one needs to really like burn it down to the ground and hit bottom truly hit bottom to understand that they are done and believe me I was done you know I didn't you know People would give me advice. I wouldn't tell the truth. I wouldn't follow advice. I I just refuse to do the things. Every once in a while, i tell the truth. Like, you know, no. It's not a tell the truth every once in a while thing. It's about being rigorously honest with yourself and God every day. Being involved every day. Fighting this fight every day. Reaching out to other people every day. Because I'll forget. It's easy to forget the allure of the disease that is so attractive and I completely forget when my mom died at 50 years old, like I always say on her deathbed, she told me to change my life. She died of compulsive overeating. My aunt, she just had her leg amputated from diabetes. Actually it was last year or so. And it's just like, you know, what can she say? I was talking to her and she's just like, Oh, you know, it's how I was eating. It's my culture. It's not my culture. It's not our culture. All the things that we're doing, I mean, of course, the case could be made for whatever a person eats or whatever. But you know what? It's not about the food. The food's just a symptom. It's what we're eating over. It's what's eating us. And this is the, we have to get to the, the, the heart of the matter. we got to get to the, the honesty of the situation. we got to be honest with ourselves and get in there. And with doing that, looking in there, You know, talking to others and other people have had lots of experience on this. You know, getting involved, doing these things. You're going to see a lot of people. You're going to talk to a lot of people. If you're a person out there that I'm talking to right now and you have not been through the step work and you're listening to this and you want to get involved, reach out to people. People are available to sponsor you. You can get some of this. You will get what you need. If you're willing to be honest, and if you're not willing to be honest, you got to be honest with that. Be honest with, I'm not willing to get honest. And go out. Do what you got to do. But you know what? You might die out there. I've seen people die out there. I've had grand die. Young kids. Young kids. And a grand sponsee, or her thing, she was in an anorexic bulimia sort of situation. And... You know, she started getting involved in other things, and, you know, she was dead, 26-year-old, beautiful young woman. And I see these things. These are not, like, you know, heard of. uh, It isn't like one of those uh, stories like this is a person that heard heard this from a thing. It happened in my life. I've seen these people laid to rest, you know. I had close friends that I used to eat with and hang out with and party with laid to rest, also leg amputated and died. Serious stuff. And it's real. You know, I used to think, hmm, maybe I'm just going to eat until I get diabetes and then I'll take those warnings and then stop doing that. But you know what? I've talked to people in program that waited, did the same exact thing, had the same experience as me, and they did it. And they said, even when I got the diabetes, I didn't stop. And next thing you know, they have to shoot insulin every day. Or, and, or worst than that, people go blind. It's, you know, it'll take. You know, this is a rapacious creditor that takes everything from you. It's going to get its money, you know. But we could stave off this disease one day at a time. And the way that we're going to do this is we have to be honest. You know, and it's hard to be honest. It's it's hard. It's one of the hardest things to face yourself. I don't want to do it. But, you know, the sunlight of the spirit... They always say sunlight is the best antiseptic. You know what I mean? They say uh, anybody capable of being honestly facing their problems in the light of the experience can recover, provided that they're not going to close their minds to spiritual concepts. That is from the uh, the spiritual experience. And, uh, yeah, you got to be, be willing to do that honesty thing you got to be willing to face your problems because once you face these things with a team of people, with a network of friends, with a network of people that understand your problem, not other people who don't get this because you ever did that thing where you're talking to somebody that completely doesn't understand this program and they say, mm, I don't know, maybe you could just have one of those things and it'll be okay for you. And I'm just like, Who am I talking to you? You don't understand this disease. I'm looking for you to sign off on my BS, you know, because I want to, I'm looking for a person that's going to say yes to me going out and eating whatever the heck I want. But when you turn around and you sit there and you bring that, you're not going to bring that over to your sponsor because your sponsor is going to call you on and say, what are you thinking? You're going to hurt yourself again. You're going to do these things that always hurt you. I'm tired of hurting myself. I'm tired of killing myself. We all have to die. What condition do you want to die in? You want to help people? You want to get involved? No, no, no. Wait a second. Nobody wants to do this. Nobody wants backspacing and fact finding. Nobody wants to help another person. Nobody wants these things. But in order to save one's own life, slowly but surely you start finding, you know, a reason. My selfishness, one of those strange paradoxes of the program It's like my selfishness saved my life. I was able to say, this seems to work. You know, when I first came to the program, I thought like, hmm, I want to check out what's going on with this AA book because me, I like the pure, unadulterated stuff here. I want to see what this this book has to offer, even though they're talking about alcohol and stuff like that because, yo, I'll tell you, I had issues with all those things too. But I want the purest, closest to the, the thing. And I want the cures closest to the recovery as well. So was able to look at that, able to get involved, able to do these things, able to help other people, able to get honest. Now in all my affairs, walking down the street, bump into somebody, do these things, and, you know, like that 10-step action, you know, saying like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I was lying, or, you know, doing amends and being able to face people, look eyeball to eyeball with them. You know, amends that I thought that I would never pay back, places that um, I I ripped off food from them or I dined in dash. I bought food and ran away, didn't pay for it. I went and I faced those people and I paid them their money. You know, I did not intend to to do that. I didn't intend to do, do anything. But you know what? Now I could walk past the block where that store is and not have to avoid it. I could see people in my past that I ripped off for money or things like that, and I paid them back. And if I see them, I could look at them in the face and know that I did the good thing. To get this kind of honesty, to do this kind of living that's better than than anything that I've ever gotten, ever. I'm feeling a freedom that I've never felt before. And now, going through the Steps for a fifth time, you know, I feel even more free. I, I remembered other things from the past that I had to correct. I remember current things that I did that I, I that I had to fix. And you know what? I'm going to go through the steps again. Now I'm working on this this other you know this other uh, step group, this uh, OA 12 step up, you know little group thing, and I'm going to be doing that too. And I'm going to go through the steps again because I find that each time I do it, it gets me so much clearer on on what I got to do because there's other things that I'm messing with. I'm messing with my sleep, you know. It's it just Filtering into other things like, you know, if it's not going to be food and it's not going to be this, you're going to find another thing to mess with, another way. And then once it starts slipping on those things, it's like dominoes. Not dominoes, the, the thing. The dominoes, the, the game, you know, I tip over one and all the other ones fall down. So that's what I don't want to happen. That's what I don't want to happen with my recovery. I want to keep being involved with it. I want to keep doing this thing. I got to stay in it because you know what they say? If you're standing still, you're going backwards. I mean, it might be hackneyed, and a lot of the things and the slogans, everybody says, oh, everybody says that, everybody says that. Yeah. But, you know, why they say that because it works. So I need that outside help. You know, I got to get involved with other people. I got to connect to other people. If I'm going to know and admit this truth about myself, you know,
2: I got to have God. I got to have another
1: person. I got to have a team of people with me. I can't do it on myself. In fact, I was, I was just uh, speaking at a meeting and I was comparing it to like, you know, where you see those race cars, the race car pulls in, and the team of people all show up. They clean the windshield. They, they you know, do the, r- 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 they, they're fixing the wheels and, and then they send the car off on its way. That's me. I am the car, you know, and God is like the gas in the car and the energy that helps me do the thing, the thing that I plug into, give me that energy. And the team of people are all around me, sponsor, sponsees, friends, you know, nutritionists, you know, therapists for me. Um, all these different people are involved helping me be the best me that I can be so I can get off on my way. So I could get out there and ride that race. And help other people. Because there's so many people out there that are dying of this disease. You know them, you see them and you might be that person to so reach out for help, get involved, get into this thing. You can get this. you got this. <sighs> it's sad for myself because um, I have like well, a, a real close friend that, you know, I wish I could make him experience what I'm going through. I wish. But, you know. All the wishing in the world ain't going to do it because you can't force anybody to do this. They have to want to do this. I always say, yeah, it's like that joke about how many therapists does it take to screw in a light bulb? None. The light bulb has to want to change. You know, nobody's going to get better on this thing unless you want to change. So you have to look within yourself and be honest and be thorough and think like, do I really want this or do I want, to
2: die a horrible
1: death, you know, because like I said, we all die, but what kind of death do you want? How bad, how, you know, how horrible can it get? It could get pretty bad. It's it's a real slow sort of death, you know, and it takes away everything that you have, all the things that you want, everything that you think that you actually own, you'll lose all those things. It sucks. I've seen it happen. It's happened to me, but now, Things are coming back into my life better, better than I could have ever wanted, better than I could have ever envisioned it. You know what they always say? They said, um, if you put on a piece of paper everything that you want for your life, you will sell yourself short because if you just give it up to your higher power, your higher power has so many things in mind that you have not even fathomed, that you have not even thought of. And it is completely possible. It is completely within your span of time. It is completely within your life. You can do this now. You could be absent right now. You could put down that food and not do the thing right now. You can get this right now. You could be honest right now. You could look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am tired of doing this to myself. I am tired of hurting myself. And get involved and get into it and, and go through the work. And, you know, you might not find out the main reasons why you do the things you do, but you could sure as heck stop doing it. You could put it down and then the clarity will come to you eventually. But you got to act as if. Don't be held back by the concepts or I'm not into the spiritual thing or I'm not into this God thing or I'm not into these things because it's that kind of thought of, you know, it's too much for me. It's, you know, I'm going to be prejudiced against these things. It's killing you. I mean, it's killing you, really. So be honest with yourself. Don't think you're the person that's naturally incapable of grasping and developing this manner of living, which demands rigorous honesty, because the capability is within yourself. Don't be so conceited, because that is completely conceited. I'm the one, I'm different. I'm naturally incapable of grasping this. Think that you can. Act as if you can. And you will. (sighs) I've seen a lot of pain. I've seen people go out there and destroy it and burn it down. And want to do the good thing. Really want to do the good thing. And burn it down again and again and again. And it's the saddest thing ever. And all I can do is just hold on to myself. and, And... Save myself. Get involved. Trust my higher power. Trust my higher power. Like all the friends that I've seen hurting themselves and stuff like that. Understand that I can't save them. They will pull you down quicker than they could pull down themselves. They need a power greater than themselves. They need to depend on a power greater than themselves. They need to believe with all their heart that they can get this. And their higher power will do it. It's an act, as if it's that inside job action. You can do it. You really can. This thing works. I've seen so many miracles. I've gone to conventions. I've gone to those places and met so many people. I've seen so many things that seemed like coincidence. But coincidence is God, like, you know, staying anonymous. His fingerprints are all over this, all over everything. If you look for it, you want things to be bad, you'll see bad situations. You want it to be good. You want a life you know, beyond your wildest dreams, you can get this. You could have this just today. It's a one-day-at-a-time thing. You could do this right now. And I talk to so many people about this. And there's people that just like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. Can't or won't. You won't do it. You don't think you're worth it. You don't think you deserve this. It's not even a case of if you deserve it or not. It's if you do it. You know, you don't, not if you want it, not if you need it, if you do it. So do it. What's stopping you from doing it? That's like my question for today. That's the thing I want to know. If you feel that you can't get this, if you feel that you can't do this, what is stopping you? I've taken people through the big books that cannot read, they can't read. I've read with people who could barely read, and we were stopping like, Every third word, I mean, going through it little by little. And, yeah, you know, we got through stuff. You know, they, they understood things. And reading it over and over again, they would get more and more clarity. I'm a school teacher, so I'm patient. Patience, tolerance, kindness, love. Love is you want to be loved. Treat people the way you want to be treated. And do the thing. Do the thing. You can do it. It sounds ridiculous, right? It sounds like, that's too simple. <laughs> it's simple. It's not easy. You know, but you can do this. All right. Oh, uh, hmm, What can I do? What can, what can I, I would like to say, uh, one last thing. I want to encourage everybody. You know, like, if, you, if you're not, You know, if you haven't done this thing, reach out today. Find somebody who, you know, there might be some people you're talking to. Ask them to take you through the steps. There's other people that offer. I'll just take you through steps one, two, and three. Yo, take them up on it. But I want a sponsor that's this way. I want a sponsor that's that way. I need a sponsor that's this and has experience in that. No. Balderdash. Not so. Get involved. And yo, and if that sponsor didn't work for you and you found that you could be honest with that sponsor, get another one. I'm sure. But no, I don't know what that sponsor thinking I'm a bad person. Stop with the people pleasing. You're not there to impress people. You know, you're there to save your life. You're here to save your life. If you're sitting here listening to this phone right now and you're listening to this right now, you're not here because you're on the Soul Train line. You're here to save your life. And in order to save your life, you have to take certain steps. So, What's stopping you? What's stopping you from getting involved? So I want to know if you have stumbling blocks, if you have things that are stopping you, I want to hear about these things because those are the things that are stopping us all. And we could all figure out together, how can we get through these things? By looking at these things, sunlight is the best antiseptic. You know, that sunlight of the spirit, you know, those things that are blocking us, those clouds, those things. You know, pomp, circumstance, you know, all those things that we're, we're stopping us from. We can get through those things. Together, we can do this. You know, together with your higher power, you can get this. Even if you don't have a higher power or don't even have a concept of a higher power or I can't believe, I won't believe. Slowly but surely, you have some microcosm of God within you that you can believe. You must believe something. Nobody believes nothing. You know, if not, we wouldn't be human. So, check it out. Search within yourself. Talk to other people. You know, only through this community, this loving community. Here, you're safe. You're safe here. Talk to other people. And, like, you know, we're all human. The program is perfect. People are very fallible. You know, and if you find things crumble or fall apart with certain people, you know, it's okay. Because go on to the next one. Do this thing. You are learning what you need to learn from people, whether it's good situations or bad situations. Don't hold those things against people. Don't be mad. Resentment is the number one offender. Resentment is going to take us out. Love, compassion, kindness. We're all hurting here. We're all sick and suffering here. All of us. Me included. So all I got to do is just keep going out there, keep doing the good thing. Because you know the difference between the good thing and the bad thing. But why can't I do the good thing? Why can't I do the good thing? I'm an addict. I keep doing the bad thing. But you know what? I could rectify those things. I could apologize immediately and turn away from that behavior. I could turn it over to my higher power. I could turn it over to my sponsor.
2: I could turn it over
1: to a trusted friend. I could get advice. I could take advice. I could get involved. I could do service. Whatever little surface it is, even it's reading things. if you're in a meeting and setting up chairs, even going to a meeting and sitting in a chair and being there and showing people that, you know, this works, taking people's numbers and calling people, that is awesome. You can be awesome today. You can do the good thing today. Be honest with yourself. Look within yourself. The truth is there. You just need a little nurturing. You just need a little love. And love is here in the rooms. God is love. And it's here for you. This sounds hackneyed. This sounds this. This sounds that. All right, dude. Do it the way you're going to do it, man. But the main point is, you know, I'm holding on to some abstinence here. You know, lost like over 100 pounds or so. It's pretty good. Nice. People I'm talking to, I'm going on dates. I'm doing these things. You know, I'm learning from program. You know, I just don't, you know go for the person that that, it, that immediately gives me a compliment or whatever, I like to start vetting people and learning more about people and, and stuff like that before I get involved, look for red flags and stuff like that. I'm learning these things in program. You know, sponsors have experience in this thing. Sober dating, wow. You know, carrying this on into all our affairs, you know, making sure that, You know, when I'm going on a date, I know what food I'm going to get ahead of time before I do that, because I don't want to get all sexy with that menu. Yeah, I do the things I've got to do. On a day-to-day thing, I have to be honest about myself. I just can't be that person. I'm just gonna wing it. There is no winging it here. There is no. I'm just gonna just see where the chips fall where they may. That is the luxury of people that don't have this disease, but I've got this disease. And if you got this disease. Oh, no, no. I'm i not going to take your inventory and say that you got to do this thing, but I'm going to say you might want to get that sponsor. You want to, might want to get that power-grade in yourself, and you might want to you know, do some step work. It might help. It helps me on a day-to-day basis. It helps me get involved, get into it. <sighs> Be honest with yourself. Look yourself in the mirror. There's mirrors around. I know. I used to hide myself in mirrors. I didn't want to look myself in the eye. I didn't want to look at myself. Like, just for once, look there. Look deep within your eyes and understand if you truly want this. Do you truly think you can do this? Do you believe that a power greater than yourself exists? Whatever it is. I don't care whatever you believe. You can believe in anything. Just that higher power exists and it's not you. To whatever concept. To whatever thing. Quantum physics, whatever. Space aliens, I don't care. Whatever your situation is, believe what you're going to believe, but believe in something. It's not you. You're involved. Heck yeah, you're involved. But get into this. It's, it's a program. we program. We've got to all get together and do this thing. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with others. Be honest with your higher power. Be honest with your sponsor. One thing at a time. Start with you, your sponsor, and your higher power. And the world will expand from there. And you will learn to be honest in all your affairs. Pray. Talking to God. Meditation. Listening to God. It'll happen slowly but surely. Keep practicing. Keep getting involved with this program. Keep coming to this meeting. Keep doing the thing. I love you guys. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to do this. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Peace.
0: Thank you so much, Phil, for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with all of us this morning. Appreciate your generous spirit. Thanks for bringing to life your personal transformation as a result of pressing into these steps every day. We appreciate your experience. Phil's so, contact information will be given at the conclusion of the recording, so stay tuned for that. Right now, we're
1: going
0: to transition. Right now, we're going to transition to questions. If you have a question for Phil. Please press star 1 to unmute and identify yourself.
3: Jamie W. San Diego.
2: Liz. Liz. Lindsay B. Lindsay B. Jamie W. San Diego.
0: Jamie W. Lindsay c, c. is that correct?
2: Yes, please, thanks.
0: Okay, let's go with grouping for now. Liz, go ahead with your question.
2: Phil, thank you so much for your enthusiasm and your emphasis on the steps, which uh I think is so important. I wanted to ask you, you mentioned very early on, um how were you able to um uh I guess be free of your religious idea of God and transition into a non-religious idea of a higher power that works for you?
1: Right on. Oh, that's such a great, great question. Well, it it took a lot because, you know, it took a lot of thinking. It took a lot of therapy. It took a lot of just being able to, when my higher power, my, my, my therapist, not my therapist, my sponsor would ask me, what is your concept of it? And what do you really think? What do you want in a, in a higher power? He would ask. What are the concepts of the things that you want in a higher power? And write down all those things. And I would write down, I want a God of love. I want a God that believes I'm a good idea. I want a God that believes this or that. I want a God that's roomy and kind and includes all religions and a God that includes all these things. And once you start doing this, and more keeps coming, more ideas, more of the things that you want. And when you do that, guess what? That is your God. This is. If I believe that God is a God of love, guess what? God is a God of love. You know, there's other people. I don't want to take other people's inventories, but, you know, there's other people that believe that God is this or God is that or God is dodgy. You know, yeah, they can have that. But you know what? I want a God that's roomy and inclusive. And if I believe that and slowly but surely I keep on thinking that and, you know, practice that every day. God is this or God is that remember what your concept of a higher power is and keep thinking about that. Keep writing it out. Keep like, you know, looking at it. You know, one one of my other sponsors, I'm so grateful, had had a thing where we would do a a, a kind of a want ad of what you're looking for in a in a, a higher power. Right? So we'd have to write down this kind of ad and and you write down the ad of what you are looking for in a higher power. And uh and that is that kind of want ad Those things are the things that you want your higher power to be, and so it is. And you just keep looking at it and keep looking at it and be able to rattle it off at the top of your head, and that's it. Hope that answered the question.
0: Thank you, Liz. Lindsay B., your turn. Thank you very much.
3: Yes, good morning. Lindsay, you're on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. That was wonderful. Um, so my, my question is, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit to um, your experience with, um, I'm, you know, relatively newly recovered and just mm-hmm. um, so, so delighted to be sponsoring. And I have found that often my, um, you know, many years in and out of program, that the gifts of the program have taken me out of the program. I go from one extreme to another to having absolutely no life and then all of a sudden the sunlight's there and, and then I just do too much. So I'm wondering if you could talk about, you know, boundaries around, you know, like, no, I can't take another sponsor. When, because I get Ah, real, and
2: and being a people pleaser, you know, that's Mm -hmm. very difficult for me. Thank you.
1: Balance. You're talking about balance, and that's one of the (laughs) important things that my sponsor was quick. You know, somebody ever asked me, when people ask me, can you sponsor me, can you sponsor me? And I'm like, I better talk to my sponsor about this because, you know, I have a pretty big workload of of people. But also, life has gotten so much bigger for me. Like I said, you know, I have work, I have – relationships that have all these different things that i'm doing but the main point is i didn't come into programs so that i could have no life i came into program so they could live life so of course you are you have to start being in a position like you know i do work with my home group i do these things and i one of the most important things i learned is you have to give other people opportunities to do service i can't do all the service myself because believe me As a people pleaser and things like that myself, you know, I started trying to take up all the things. You're sucking up all the air here. Give other people a chance to get some recovery in there. Like I'm a greedy person when it comes to food, and I'm a greedy person when it comes to recovery. So what I have learned now is to be patient with myself and see what can I do? And if I can't see it, I talk to my sponsor about it, and I'll say, somebody's asked me to sponsor them. Um, I have this many people I'm working through the steps. And uh, these people are already up to twelve, so maybe I can take a new person on, and then look and see about my schedule. And then also be honest if you're if you're cutting yourself way too thin, and you you know don't skimp on other people here. If you're going to take them through, take them through all the way, and be wholehearted about it, because if I find that I can't give them the time that they deserve, you know it's going to be bad a bad time for them. So I always. Tell them I'll tell them honestly,' got to be honest and say you know you I really don't have the time, but either I could recommend other people or I'm recommend that you get somebody around your area, somebody that's face to face that you can work with, so you might want to start looking for that you know that's that's what I recommend
0: thank, thank you thank you lindsay b Jamie w. Your turn for a question.
1: Jamie
0: W, you're Jamie on the w. air. W. Is she there? <laughs> Jamie W, we're looking for you. Jamie W, Diego, about that. What? what? It's okay. uh, Jamie Go ahead, w. Jamie. Okay. Jamie, you're cutting in and out. So why don't you try calling back in and we'll catch you on our next round. Cynthia C, your turn. Star one to unmute Cynthia C. Hi.
2: This is Cynthia C from the Boston area. Go Uh ahead. Thank you. Thank you both so much for your service. Thank you for your story and sharing your experience, strength, and hope. It was really good to hear this morning. Um, I'm fairly newly abstinent after a 20-year re- lapse, um, mm-hmm. and it, it feels really good to be home, it feels like, um, and to be able to do things differently that I, in the way I've done them for the past 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I uh, I guess I'd like I'd like it if you could talk a little bit more about working through resentment. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I have yeah. an issue with people at work. Um my, I have a I have a I have a great sponsor but we're having trouble logistically getting it someone over the phone. We're just you know, we she hasn't had that much time lately. I really do like her. I'd like to be able to stick with her, but we're not at step four yet and I know that I need to be there. And so I've been doing ten steps with people, but, you know, I have a couple big resentments, and I guess, I guess I'd guess i like to hear you, if you could talk more about that and letting go of resentments, because, you know, I desperately don't want to go back to the food to feel better, like to, to drown the resentment. So thank you yes. so much. So I'll get back.
1: Yes. Thank you. One of, the, one of the main things that I noticed is that I was uh, using food to, to, to not feel my feelings. And one of the things that I learned is that when I went through the step work, you know, they say, you start feeling better. You start feeling anger better. You start feeling resentment better. Um, and it's it's true. So I started uh, feeling these resentments in towards people in different situations. And to go through the resentment list, um, here, I'll, I'll pull it up. Luckily, I have my computer close to me, and I'll pull up my little resentment list here, if I may. Um, can I see it? Here it is. Here's one. Um, you think when, when, as soon as you put down your resentment, who you're resentful of, right, I put down, like, I'm resentful of a certain person, and um, then I say, where am I being selfish? Where am I being selfish with this resentment towards this person? And, of course, my initial reaction is, I'm not being selfish, but now I start thinking, what do I want? I want to control the person. I want the person to do what I want. I want, you know, that's how I'm being selfish. I'm being dishonest we're talking about honesty here. How am I being dishonest? I uh, do things in a backhanded way. I I snipe at them. I gossip about them. I do these dishonest things. Hey, here's one. Where am I being jealous? Am I being jealous of this person? Am I doing things because I feel that they have something I don't have? Or, you know, instead of being jealous, I learn now is maybe I should incorporate those behaviors that I feel jealous about within myself. Or if it's just people I can't stand, then I just don't feel jealous. What am I fearful of? Am I fearful of losing something or not getting what I want, but being found out? Where am I feeling fearful about this? I'm fearful that this person is going to get all the credit, or this person is going to get this, or this person is going to get that, or I'm not enough, or this person is better than me, and they'll take my job, or, you know, all these different things. And then, you know, how can I be kind and loving, you know? Do I owe this person an amends? Honestly, do I? Some of the times, it's like I just owe them a living amends, and I just... Don't do that behavior. Turn away from that behavior. And when I feel that anger or that resentment cropping up, pray for them because they're sick people and I'm a sick person too. Pray for them. Pray for myself. And then turn away from that behavior. When I find myself having that urge to gossip about them or having that urge to whatever, be angry at them. I mean, we're humans. We're going to feel angry. But I don't have to be resentful. Two different things. Resentment means to re-feel. To feel this feeling over and over again. You ever get that feeling when you're just like walking down the street or something like that and you were having a conversation that you had years and years ago with somebody that you were angry at, trying to relive that, trying to relive that feeling and make it right? No, man. That's why you have to go through the step work so that you don't have to feel that resentment anymore. Put those things to bed and understand where your place was in it in that resentment. And then you no longer, you just turn it over to your higher power, pray for them, pray for yourself, and then reach out to other sick and suffering people and see how they're doing. When you start talking about to other people how they are, you'll forget all about your thing, at least for the moment. I hope that answered your question.
0: Thank you, Cynthia C. Who else has a question for Phil? Star one to unmute.
3: I do, madam. Jamie W., San Diego. Matt
0: M. M. M., Jamie W., anyone else? Go ahead, Matt. Matt, my man.
2: Thank you, letter. Hey, Phil, how you doing? Um, thank you for your presentation. It was really great. Um, I have a question for you. Like, you know, how do you deal with the incomprehensible um? cravings that come. I kind of messed my my finances up this month, so I run low on food, and I cause this sense of deprivation for myself that causes me to want to go into the food, and I'm going food yeah. shopping this week, and I'm, the Oreo cookies are calling my name. Like you would not believe. I'm thinking to myself. My friend's gonna drop me off at the store, and she's gonna stay in the car, and I'm gonna go food shopping. I'm thinking I'll slip it in my bag. No one will know, and I'll buy them, and no one's gonna know, but I know. And I'm like, I'm going absolutely crazy now because I always cause. I call the two months. I cause the situation to myself where I, I messed up my funds in the beginning of the month by binging, and now I'm like, I'm basically running on low, empty on food, and I'm like, I get this whole high on myself, but I'm getting paid this week, and let me go have some fun. How do I deal with those feelings uh, that, that are coming up when I when I go to the food store it's wednesday all right well here is
1: here's what helped me for me a checklist is the way to go at the top of the checklist you write down in big letters no impulse buying if it's not on the checklist you don't get it but what if i forgot this thing that i really needed you buy it next time you can't buy it now so you think carefully what am i going to make what am I going to have? What meals am I going to do? And you write down all the things you're going to need and stick to the plan. And then, you know, if you have to bookend it, bookend it with your person or a friend or a sponsor beforehand, and then bookend it afterwards. And, you know, don't try to trick yourself because you're, you're not fooling anybody. You're, you're, you're only fooling yourself. You're only tricking yourself. It's like, you know, the disease wants what the disease wants. And it's your duty to, like, you know, battle it. You have to fight this disease because nobody's going to do it for you. Nobody's going to wrest that thing of cookies out of your hand because to all purposes, other human beings that don't have this disease, cookies are merely cookies. But for us, it is something so much more. It represents deprivation. It represents, I can't have this, so I want this. But you know what? I don't need this. It's not serving me. For me, I feel like I've eaten a lifetime of cookies, so I don't need any more at this moment in time. And I have to always ask myself the short-term question versus the long-term question. Do you want to cookie, or do you want to be a little, one step closer to a healthier weight? And one is the one direction, one is the other direction. I know it's right, and I know it's wrong, so today I'm going to pick what's right. I pray about it, and then I do it, take that action. And then bookend it with somebody say, I just didn't have a cookie. And somebody's going to say, good for you. And you know what? Sometimes I need that. I need a person to to pat me on the back and say, you did good. Because I had a whole lifetime of feeling that I wasn't supported. But now in program, I am supported. There are people that will tell me that they're proud of me. And that means a lot. It means so much to me. And you know what? I'm proud of you calling and, and being honest with me with that. That's important because this is going to help so many other people going through the same exact thing. So be strong, Matt. And if you need to, yo, dude, you got my number. You call me, and I'm going to give out my number, too, so everybody else can call me, too. Oh, should I I throw out the number now real fast? My number is 646-409-4261. That's 646-409-4261. Or if you want to email me, it's checkerfill at gmail. C-H-E-C-K-E-R-P-H-I-L, Phil at gmail. One word. Thanks,
0: Matt, for the question. Jamie W., Jamie W., your turn.
2: Jamie W., San Diego. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Leah.
1: Hey, thank you. How do,
2: how
3: do you get more honest going through the steps the next time?
1: Because I found that I was more honest because, you know, after you did it the next time and when you come to it, what happens is you start saying, you have to start ransacking your memory and you look at your old one and say, hmm, what did I forget? A lot of prayer, a lot of meditation. You know, let me be honest about those situations. Sometimes you just remember things or sometimes weird coincidences happen. You'll see somebody on Facebook and like, oh, I owe that person an amends or, oh, remember that time that I did that thing or You know, all these different things will happen. A lot of meditation, a lot of sitting and trying to think about the past and think about, hmm, what did I do or what needs to be fixed? And, you know, it's thinking about thinking, thinking about yourself. I love thinking about myself, but this is the stuff that I always avoided. This is the stuff that I always ate about. But now to be able to look at these things honestly, you get a new clarity over it. And then to do it, with, luckily, with an experienced sponsor with you, and just to keep you safe during these things because when I first did it, I first did my first four-step, I cried and cried because I thought that there was no way I was going to be able to correct these situations, but there is a solution.
0: Thank you, Jamie W., for your question. Who else has a question for Phil this morning? This will be our final invitation. Star 1 to unmute.
3: Hi, this is Mary.
0: Mary. Anyone else?
1: Yeah, whatever. People that don't want to. (laughs) People that don't want to call, call. (laughs) Sylvia,
0: is that correct?
1: Yes, it is.
0: Okay, and I think I heard someone else. Mary and Sylvia, anyone else? All right, I guess all minds are cleared. Mary, go ahead.
3: Hi, this is Mary in Vermont. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah. Yes, hey, Mary. Okay,
3: thank you. I just wondered um, your opinion on the frequency of um, speaking to a sponsee or a sp- speaking to their sponsor in the beginning of recovery and I'm um, going through like step one. I, I've had different experiences with different sponsors and um, currently I'm working with somebody who um, I'm directed to do assignments and to do step one work and then call her when I'm done and that hasn't worked all that well for me so I'm just wondering what your experience is or
1: advice. Well, what what is the part that's not working for you?
3: Um, I just struggle with the accountability um, it seems like too many days go by, and then I realize, oh, I need to, I need to connect with this person. I, I feel quite disconnected, not um, not having face-to-face meetings or not well, having, uh, contact regularly, and okay, and know a lot of. So,
1: people. so your sponsor wants you to call them when when you're finished with the assignment, right? Yeah. How long are you taking to do the assignment?
3: Um we've just started working together, so it, um, I pro, I just, I think I probably take too long to do it, but.
1: That's what it sounds like to me. I'm a school teacher. When I mm-hmm. give homework, you bring it in the next day. Mm-hmm. And you do it immediately. You know, don't, don't sit and like, oh, I'll do it eventually. No, that's not going to help you. You need to be able to scaffold upon the work that you are already doing. Mm-hmm. So the stuff that you just talked about, the stuff that you just did with your sponsor, now you're going to take those things and put those into practical use and do the assignment that you were told and turn it over immediately. And if you do that, you will speak to your sponsor more frequently and more often. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And it'll also keep your sponsor on their toes too. If you sit there and take a little too long, you know, they're not going to chase you. They're not going to chase you. It's not your sponsor's duty to chase you. you got to chase this recovery. So you do that work and then keep them on their toes. Like for me, it was just like, here's your assignment. And I'm a school teacher, like I said. And I'd be done the next day. and am like done next assignment, and they give me another assignment. Done next assignment, and I was like, okay, yo, let's. And then okay, fine, fourth step, start writing. I'm like, okay, that took a little bit longer.
3: Mm-hmm. All right, thank you.
1: Right on. Thank you, Mary.
0: Sylvia, your turn. Hi, this is Sylvia from Northeast PA.
2: Um. When people keep on trying to shove flu in your face, can you just uh, go over that again? How, how did you handle that? Because I handled mine a certain way, and um, mm-hmm. um one,
1: that? All right. here's the number one answer: No is a complete sentence. You don't even have to explain why you don't want it. But the main point is, people that also have the disease, that are still in the disease, they want to know why. Why don't you want it? Why don't you? Think? There's like a million reasons to not want this, or just to be like. No, thank you, or I ate already, or, I mean, the main point is I always say, be honest with your answer. For me, um, you know, like if I go to, I went to some event yesterday, and they had this kind of like big pizza party sort of thing going on there.
2: And
0: they're like, would you like some? And I was like,
1: no, thank you. I already ate before I got here, because I did. And I know, go have my Mm -hmm. afternoon food ahead of time, and then show up at the party, and I'm not hungry because I already ate. And, you know, I could eat with my eyes, but, you know, because I, I always want, but I have to back up off that, and I'm not going to do that today because, you know, I have a higher power in my life, and I just focus on that. And if I feel shaky or nervous about those things, there are people that I can call and say, hello, how are you doing? Let me hear a little bit about your life and what you're going through, and then come back to the party and be able to see how I can be of service, how can I get involved.
2: But right. mainly,
1: yeah, the main part was to be able to, like, you know, the people that push food pushers, food pushers are hard because they're relentless because what they really want to do is rationalize their eating. So by pushing it on other people, you know how I know that? Because I used to do that. I used to push food on other people all the time to be able to facilitate my eating. So just see that, recognize that, No is a complete sentence, and you can keep it moving. And, and just be like, no, thank you. Keep it going. Yeah.
2: Now, my, my friends and my coworkers know better. They don't, they don't yep. bother me. It's the mm-hmm. It's the family Family members, my mother. Uh,
1: Eat yes, this, of course, because. Of this, yes.
2: Test them yeah, to this. Just... So I was, No, I told her once I said, ask me again and I'm going to shove it up your nose. And she no, no, said, no, no. she stopped. Yeah, she
1: stopped. you don't want to do that. You know what they say? Say what you I'm mean, but be don't be say what? it mean. <laughs> say it mean, but don't say it mean. So what, what I've been in situations like that, what I would say is. Um, Thank you so much. I really appreciate that you made this and stuff like that. But I personally don't eat that kind of thing or those things. And, you know, it it, it, it makes a lot of – I came from a household where food is love. So she feels like you're rejecting her love. So you have to be like, "Mama, I love you. Thank you so yeah. much for this. But I, I, I don't think that I'm going to eat that now. I already ate right. I feel full. I feel full is always a good one. Drink water That's that, that is a
2: good one. I feel full. That's a very good one. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate that.
1: No problem.
2: Thank you very
0: much, Sylvia, and everybody who asked questions this morning. And, of course, thank you so much, Phil, for your generous spirit on the line this morning you? with uh, all of us. The share ID for this recording is 9891. And, of course, it will be stored on a vision for you website you can access it there as well let's close from page 164 our book is meant to be suggestive only we realize we know only a little god will constantly disclose more to you and to us